CJ McCollum got paid. Is it a good deal for the Blazers? And Jeremy Lin's career looks to be over. What's it say about the larger aspect of things in the NBA? And the Clippers are open to being renamed. So we rename them. It's the Locked On NBA Podcast. Let's go. You are locked on the NBA. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Wednesday, hump day. We are here for you like we are every week on the Locked On NBA podcast. We're your Wednesday hosts. I'm John Corrales. I co-host the Locked On Celtics podcast. You can find me on Twitter at RedsArmy underscore John. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Nola Jake. So all of that stuff we got into, we'll name the Clippers later, Jeremy Lin in the second section. But CJ McCollum. With the Portland Trailblazers signed an extension, a hundred million dollar extension, which is an interesting deal. I think it's a good deal. It's less than the max deal, but it's still, he's still going to be very, very rich. Uh, on the surface, Jake, what's your take? Is this a good deal for the Blazers? Obviously a good deal for CJ. Uh, but maybe he could have gotten more. You know, I think this is just, Good all around. You know, I think we've kind of seen the limits of CJ McCollum as a player with this extension three years. I think it's a hundred million puts him at a five year deal for what, like 157, 152. I forget the exact number. So right around 30 a year. That seems right. You have guys that are going to start to get paid 40, 50 million dollars a season. CJ McCollum at 30 million a year starts to almost look like a steal. This is a guy for his career who's averaged 17.8 points per game. He does it on over 40% three point shooting. Like, yeah, this is right. They kind of want to do right by their guy. What else are the Blazers supposed to do? I just kind of like this all around. Yeah. Look, the, the Blazers are, th- th- this makes sense because just on the basic level of you don't you're not going to lose CJ McCollum and then replace him with somebody um so now you lock him up for three more years after his deal is done so you've got your backcourt now solidified until 2024 2324 season you've got Dame and CJ locked up my question is do do the Blazers end this run, this five-year run where both of these guys are locked up with both of these guys on the team? Because I don't think so. So that that's a good question, and I don't know if it's one we well, – obviously, we don't have an answer to today. You know, there have been a lot of rumors and a lot of smoke it, about Jay. them trading – all right, so this is how it's going to go. Uh, no, <laughs> like we've heard a lot of smoke about maybe them moving on from one or two of these guys, potentially both at various times over the years, except they're competitive. They had probably their best year in a long time last year where they made a pretty good run. I think we kind of saw that team max out, and they knew that, and they at least shook things up, but they didn't shake things up to the point where you lose your two core guys. Bringing in Hassan Whiteside, sure, why not? He's in a contract year. Just see if it kind of works. We won't know if it works, but at this point, they're kind of committed to these two and at least building around them. So, you know, easily I think I could see them both being on the team at the end of the run. You know, Damian Lillard's contract, when his Supermax extension goes in or whatever it is he got, is going to start to go from $30 million to basically $44 million, and then 47 and then 50 and then 54 
oh my god, four million dollars in the twenty four twenty five season. Right. You can't trade that. Like you can't trade fifty four million dollar contracts. You can't probably trade a forty seven million dollar contract. So the, your question is, do they trade CJ McCollum or not based off the average annual value? Yeah, maybe if they go through a full on rebuild. But we're going to, and I'm going to touch on this a lot in the third segment. You know, they had Paul Allen, who was probably the second richest owner in sports, um, you know, before his passing last year. I would assume they're in some good financial capacity that while paying that luxury tax hurts and they're doing that, it doesn't mean you have to when you have that much money on, you know, in your back pocket. So, you know, because of that, no, I don't think they'll trade either of these guys, and I think they keep going until maybe they expire, and that's when they start to look at their rebuild. Sure, and look, the the cap spikes again, one more time. Um, there's a hundred seventeen million dollar cap in twenty 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 one, so there's um, a little bit of flexibility. Uh, they will have cap space next season, however. They'll only have at most about $19 million in cap space. That's assuming that Whiteside is gone. It's assuming that Bazemore is gone. Uh, there are questions about Rodney Hood and Mario Hizonia picking up their player options. Uh, depending on what kind of seasons they have, maybe they do, maybe they don't. Who knows? But point is, they're not going to have a ton of cap space. They're going to have to sign somebody. Next year is a very bad free agent class. I, I'm I'm kind of torn right now. They they could because these guys are locked up. Say, hey, next year we're just gonna we're gonna try our best. We're not gonna commit big time to anybody because we want to try to commit in in the next season for um for a bigger free agent because we've got you two locked up. 2021, some bigger names. Obviously, Giannis is one of them. Bigger names are available. Maybe, maybe we, we strike that, that big three and you just gotta do what you gotta do for next season. Or, or Portland is just a place that, for lack of a better term, good enough is good enough. And. Yeah, I think that could easily be it. Right. But I'll still call it the Rose Garden, whatever the hell it's called, the Moda Center, whatever it is. But I like Rose Garden. We're going with that. I'll go with the Rose Garden. Passionate fans, like uh, Blazers fans are as passionate as any fan base, like some of the best in the NBA. They love this team. If they love Dame, and Dame's going to hit some cold-blooded shots like he did against the Thunder, and they have those moments with Dame, and CJ's part of that. They're happy to have those moments. Nurkic comes back. Uh, he's not coming up for like another couple of years. They can have him for 14 million next year and 13 million two years from now. Like that's, that's a nice little setup there. They can fill in the gaps around them. If they make a big run, if Dame catches fire, if CJ catches fire and they make a big run, great. But they're going to be in that mix. Fans are going to believe that the Blazers are in this mix. They're going to have that. People are counting us out. Nobody's talking about us. We are the underdogs. Fans naturally gravitate towards that. You'll have the national fan base. They Who hates the Portland Trailblazers right now? Well, also, 
look at what happened to them two years ago. They were swept in the first round as the higher seed by the Pelicans, and then they came back this past year and made a pretty good playoff run. Like, there's sure. no – like, everyone looks at that and was like, great, great job, Portland. Yeah. Like, there's no reason to say maybe they couldn't do that, and it, 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 we've seen it, especially with the West being more wide open than it has in the past – they're one or two injuries away from being a dark horse finals contender. I don't want to call sure. them that when everyone's healthy, but you know, one injury in the playoffs and that's a team that could get in there. You never know. You never know. And that's the thing about these guys. They're good enough. They can make their runs. The people will come see them. Um, it, in a worst case scenario, if it starts to fall apart, they could trade CJ. They could. Uh, I've heard people suggest Ben Simmons for CJ McCollum in some series of whatever picks and whatever to, uh, to, to work that out. And maybe something like that where they get a player that maybe fits more that is, is not like CJ and Dame kind of are similar players. So, um, there, there is an argument to be made for trading at this point. It would probably be CJ. Uh, there is, there is an argument and they could do it. They still keep that flexibility to do that. Um, so getting back to the original question, is this a good deal? I think it's a good deal. Here's, here, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but here's the breakdown of it. The extension year. So next year he's making 27 and a half million. Then it's 29.3 the year after that. Then the extension kicks in. First year of the extension is 30.84 million. Okay. Then it's basically 33 and three repeating after that for the year after the final year of his deal is 35.8. That is a very tradable contract at that point in time for the level of player that he is right now and the level of player that we're expecting him to be. So, that's a good deal if you're Portland, I think. And also, hey, CJ McCollum, get paid. Good for you, too. How funny is it that $35 million and we're sitting there like, oh, yeah, that's totally tradable. <laughs> like, this is great, right? That for used the to team. be a handcuffing, like, oh, my God, he's getting paid $35 million. But Hassan Whiteside is getting paid, like, 27 and he got traded. Like, CJ making 30-something absolutely could get traded. Yeah. Um, I think, ultimately, this is no harm for the Blazers, they they locked up a guy long term. There's a popular backcourt duo. Um, I'm not 100% sold that they're going to be able to make the moves to get them over the hump, but maybe maybe that's not necessarily the ultimate goal. Like the ultimate goal is obviously to win, but maybe they're just not like they're not as cold blooded about it. So. I think it works out for the Blazers. It works out for the fans. Obviously, CJ gets paid. Good for him. So, everybody's happy. Believe it. Yeah. Everybody's happy. Everybody's happy about that deal. We spent a whole segment wondering how that would go, and everybody's happy. That's the end of that. We're going to come back and talk about Jeremy Lin, who is decidedly not happy about his NBA future. We'll do that after I mentioned that support for the Locked On NBA podcast comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. You may have seen them on Shark Tank. Manscaping offers precision engineering uh, tools for your family jewels. 20% off and free shipping for the with the code LOCKEDON at manscaped.com. That's 20% off at manscaped.com with the promo code Locked on. We're back with the Jeremy Lin conversation right after the break.
Jeremy Lin is a free agent, and as of this moment, nobody is really interested in signing him. And that is uh, something that really is hitting Jeremy Lin hard. He was, uh, he recently said, uh, overseas that he feels like this is a, a rock bottom and he's having a very tough time dealing with this portion of his career. Uh, Jake, let's start with a very simple question. Should Jeremy Lin still be part of the NBA? You know, I, I want to say yes, and then you kind of dive into a little, a little bit. This is a dude who played literally one minute in the NBA Finals. So when you look at it like that, maybe not, and that's unfortunate. But point guard is a position around the league that there's a lot of depth at and that you just don't need a ton of right now. And I think it kind of forces him out, particularly with the style of game that he plays. So, you know, while I wanted to say yes originally – I, obviously not is, I guess, the best way to put it. You know, otherwise he'd be in the league, right? And it's still early, and and who knows? Like at some point he may find his way into the league. Sometimes these things happen where he's not the number one option. Somebody gets hurt, something happens, and then somebody comes calling. Uh, he's still, still, uh, I think, a fairly productive player. It was only. Uh, a couple of seasons ago, like the 2017-18 season where, well, he only had one game, I'm sorry, the the 2016-17 season where he was pretty productive before getting hurt. Now, the problem is he keeps getting hurt. And that, I think, more so than his production, it's that you don't want to commit any money to a guy that continues to miss games. He's had one full season in the NBA, that was the uh, 2013 season. So after that, he, he was kind of durable for a few years, and then he just kept getting hurt, and it just it just spiraled out of control. So the thing about Jeremy Lin, beyond what what I want to talk about, and what I want people to understand, and really look at what Jeremy Lin is going through, this is the reality of the NBA. And we talk about, like, somebody just said, like, Carmelo Anthony should come back and get a farewell tour. I forget who it was, so, which is obviously ridiculous. Kobe Bryant got a farewell tour. Uh, Dirk got a farewell tour. Those are the level of guys that get farewell tours. You know what happens to guys like Jeremy Lin? You just, you just go you, away. You're just out. You're just done. And you don't want to be. And that's just brutal. That is a, a kick in the balls while getting tear gas to the face while getting slapped by your arch enemy. Like, I can't express the pain in seeing no one calling you, talking to your agent and your agent saying, sorry, like we're not, nobody's interested. Not even for the minimum. Nobody's interested. That's because he's 30 years old. He turns 31 in October. He's had a nine-year career. Now, he's had a, a nine-year career is fantastic. 
That's a long career in the NBA. It, it, look, it's it's longer than average, and Absolutely. the guy's made sixty plus million. So if you haven't watched the video, he talks about this being rock bottom, and he's hitting like a new rock bottom every day, and he's tearful. And because it's overseas, they're playing sad piano music behind him, which only makes this so oh. much worse to watch and like more painful. Uh, so. Look, it's just, this is how it goes. It's a business. He, his value is not there and he's not going to get paid. And it's kind of the brutal reality of it. And it's a very stark reminder of the brutal reality of it. I think it's also interesting to see an athlete be this vulnerable because we don't normally see that from a lot of these guys. Um, with your Celtics in mind, they had Marcus Smart on the jump today talking about how he thinks Kyrie Irving's misunderstood. And I was watching ESPN and I forget which show said it. And they go, I don't know if you can say that because no one knows Kyrie Irving. We don't even understand him in the first place. And you rarely see kind of this level of these guys opening up that makes you see them as a person to truly understand them. So I think what Jeremy Lin here is doing is really interesting from that angle. And this also probably goes into why a guy like Kevin Durant has burners to kind of comment on things because their identity is so wrapped up in this because this is who they are. They're professional basketball players. That's how Jeremy Lin's life has been. Except he's not right now, and that's all been ripped away from him. And I don't know. That's kind of the way I look at all of this. It, like, it's unfortunate. It kind of sucks. It's the reality of the situation. We just rarely get to see anyone be this honest in the NBA. Right. And I keep going back to Brad Miller. Like, he's the epitome of everything I'm talking about. Brad Miller, knowing that he would played the last game of his NBA career was sitting on, I believe, the Timberwolves bench when he was finishing his career in Minnesota, crying, crying at the end of the bench, bawling because it was over and he didn't want it to be, but just it was just over and he knew that that was his last game. The and and the reason I want to focus on this is because this is part of why guys make certain business decisions. Because they know that this is more likely the end for their careers than the farewell big piece in the Players Tribune and saying, hey, this is, thank you everybody. Like, and, and you're feeling at least a little bit at peace with that decision. This is the, the way it ends for most people. So along the way, when somebody says, Geez, why is this guy going over here for just $3 million more, $5 million more? Whatever. Because you have a limited time. And the shit that, yeah. that, that Jeremy Lin is going through, like, you never know when that's going to happen to you. You never know when you're going to take a wrong step and your attendance snaps. And you're like, uh-oh, that's it. It's over. So the reason why guys make the decisions that they make so, a lot of it is because they know they've got a limited time. And I, I really think this Lynn situation is an important thing for people to focus on and say, look, this is what these athletes are going through. And it's just – I think it's an important look inside behind the curtain for them. Yeah, I think it's just kind of as simple as that. Like, it, I don't know if this speaks to anything larger than just it is what it is. But it's sure. interesting to see how it affects these guys and that this is why you – maybe more so in the NFL than anywhere else. Guys retire and then a year back, they're like, I want to come back. Mm-hmm. I can't do this. 
It's who they are. It's fundamental to their identity. And when it gets ripped away from you like that, when it's not your choice, and certainly this isn't Jeremy Lin's choice, it leads to moments like this. But you don't see people kind of express this emotion with it. Also, this was a motivational TV show he was on or like speaking event. Hopefully this got a little bit better at the end. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure he's like, like he's very emotional about it now. Um, and at some point you, you just come to an understanding and who knows, like I said, who knows at some point you know, over the course of the next few months, it's still, we're still at the end of July. So you still got the next few months before camp starts. He may get a training camp invite. Um, and even if he doesn't, maybe he just signs somewhere else, goes overseas, whatever, chills for a bit because he's got the money. Maybe he just works out and says, you know, I can live comfortably. I can work out. And if a team comes calling, then I can be ready. So he has options and no one is crying for a guy who's made $60 million for his career. He's going to live comfortably for the rest of his life. He's done, he, he's done historic things in the NBA and he's motivated a lot of people. So, and he's not, I'm sure done in the NBA in some capacity, even if he's done playing, I'm sure he's going to be in the NBA in some capacity moving forward. But um, it's super, super interesting to me. And I think it's a, a, like I said, a window into what players face and something that may motivate guys in the future. That's all I got to say on that. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back and we're going to try to rename the Los Angeles Clippers who are. Oh, I'm so ready for this. It is going to be fun on this Wednesday lockdown NBA. If you haven't subscribed to the lockdown NBA, go ahead and do that. And then go back to the Monday show because NBA player and lockdown podcast analyst Trevor Booker joined the Monday show with David Locke. He broke down the deals. He left one team out as a title contender that will surprise you and is high on one team more than others in the West. So get it at Lockdown NBA. Subscribe wherever your podcasts are available. Do that. We're coming right back to name the Clippers. Guys talked about this a little bit on the Tuesday Locked on NBA show that Steve Ballmer, I mean, that, that dude is going all in. He, obviously they've, they've got Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. They unveiled their new stadium design. They have a lot picked out right by the airport in, um, in Inglewood. And the next thing, what they didn't talk about yesterday, which we're going to talk about right now, is that Steve Ballmer is open to a new logo and a new name for the Los Angeles Clippers, which I find fascinating because, yes, we need a real Los Angeles name for the Los Angeles Clippers, the Lakers Kept that name from Minnesota. There are no lakes in Los Angeles. That's Minnesota. Well, hold on here. There's Silver Lake. Oh, there's a lake. There's one lake. <laughs> I'm from LA originally. Yeah. Probably name, name a few things. It's the Los Angeles Lake, not the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, but they kept like Minnesota, 
Minneapolis is with the land of a thousand lakes. Like that's, that's where the lake, that name makes sense. It's like the Utah Jazz. Give that name back to New Orleans. You know what I mean? Give, I'm all for Jake names that make sense. Utah Jazz makes no sense. The Lakers make no sense. So, uh, so this is, the, I, I find this fascinating too. And trust me, I've got some jokes, probably none of them good, <laughs> but I've got jokes. Like, so here's the weird thing about this. They don't need to rename the team. Like at no, this point, no one associates Clippers with boats in San Diego, which is where it came from. No one even at this point associates Clippers with like losing and just being a dysfunctional, poorly run franchise, which is what we all associated it with before. Change the logo, sure, because that thing kind of sucks. But the name is kind of fine. It just it is what it is, it's and it's fine. a brand, and you've accepted it, and it doesn't have those negative connotations like it once used to. But doesn't mean we shouldn't rename him. No. I mean, he's open to it, so let's give him some names. I've been struggling with this. I'll be honest with you. I've spent all day trying to figure out what the hell to call these guys. I've got, I got two ideas. One's bad and the other one might be bad, but at least, at least it goes with the history. Like my, my whole thing, Jake, is the history of Los Angeles. So I think I've gone back. I understood now that Los Angeles was originally settled by 44 people called uh, Los Pobladores, which is, I'm horribly mispronouncing that. But my idea is the Los Angeles 44. What do you think? Okay, I actually have one that has another number in it too. I don't hate that. You really get to the roots of it. Like, it makes a lot of sense. It's kind of in the theme of the Philadelphia 76ers and like the historical uh, relevance to it. Let me throw out another number at you. The Los Angeles 51.3s. Okay, hold on. What the hell does 51.3 mean to Los Angeles? That is the billions that Steve Ballmer is worth as of today. <laughs> Look, this dude's throwing his money around, like privately that. financing the stadium by himself. Let's just think about it. Well, why don't we Every call the Ballmers? You could, sure. Why not? Hey, cool, dude. It's, or, it's your team. You can call them the Los Angeles Bombers, B-O-M-B-E-R. Or just billions. Yeah, well, yeah. I guess. So the, the Los Angeles 51.3s, next year when Forbes releases their update, we rename the team again. You sell more jerseys, thus influencing <laughs> the value of the franchise and the bottom line for Steve Ballmer, and this cycle just repeats itself indefinitely. Yeah, sure. That could go. That could work. Um, my only staggering number, by the way. <laughs> that's, I can't fathom. 51, like who needs 50? 51.4? Is that the number? 1.3, but sh- 51. you know, give, give or take. 0.3, <laughs> Like, billions. That point dollars. Is, is millions, not, not like a, a thousand bucks, not a hundred that's, thousand. Yeah, that is millions. 400 million dollars. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. How does, of course he can privately finance this. Jeez, yeah. man, that's insane. <laughs> He's like, yeah. I'll buy the, I'll buy a team for two billion. Hold on, let me check my pockets. This is you know, nothing. Two billion in my left front pocket. Here we go. God. Uh, I saw somebody on Twitter said, name the Clippers the Zune, you coward. Which, that was, that's literally one of mine. Damn yes, it. <laughs> that would be awesome. The, 
you know, because Bomber's a Microsoft, right? He's a Microsoft guy, right? Yeah, he's like, a Microsoft guy. Yeah, so, like, the Zune as opposed to the iPod, which I had a Zune. It was, it was not a per- I actually have eBay up on my computer right now to kind of see what it was, it is worth currently. Not, not good. Uh, don't, don't try and sell that on eBay. No, I, it's gone. I've lost every <laughs> single separate music recording type of device. I used to believe that I lock my phone in the, in my, my phone in the locker room at the gym and I take my music player with me so I didn't have the phone distraction at the gym. And then I just kept losing iPods. I lost, that's why I went to the Zune. Cause I lost two iPods. I lost the Zune. Then I was like, give me the cheap ass, whatever MP3. I lost that. So I knew I wasn't going to lose my phone. So I just ultimately settled on my phone. But anyway, that's a complete non sequitur. Like, yeah, Zune. Yeah, yeah, but, sure. So that's relevant to a team name I have here, which is just the Los Angeles were relevant nows. Yeah, I know it's terrible. I tried. Uh, look, it's better than the long name I had, which is the Los Angeles. I swear to God, we're better than the Clippers, and you should pay attention, or, t- or better than the Lakers, and you should pay attention to us because the Lakers haven't made the playoffs in five years. Ziz. That's not to fit on a jersey. Yeah, that's why it's more relevant. <laughs> my my other idea, jeez, I, I did not go as deep as you did. I thought, what, what else is... <laughs> What else is LA known for is traffic jams. I know the Bakersfield Jam existed in the G League, but they don't exist anymore, so the name Jam is wide open. So why not the LA Jam? That's good. I don't hate that. It means it's traffic, it's a basketball thing, you know, slam jam, like it's Yeah. It's a it's probably terrible as far as NBA nicknames go, but I mean, we're not coming up with anything good no, here. It's all <laughs> Really horrible ideas. Although something, I still feel like there's something with the 44s. No, that's good. I like of all the ones we've thrown out here so far, that is probably the most uh, realistic and relevant. I the last one, an, an alternate jersey with the Pobladores on the front, and that goes back to you know, oh, that's LA history. Okay, never mind. No, I, I'm, I'm giving it good. up. I'm giving it up. I don't hate it. So the last one I have, which. There's going to be some trademark issues, but if you want to just cash in on popularity and just get everyone to maybe root for your franchise, what about the Los Angeles Avengers? <laughs> I mean, we already have the Raptors named after a movie. Might as yeah. well. Might as well. I'm sure that, you know, look, you're in LA. There's a movie studio there. Of all of the things that we said, that's something that I could actually see happening. The Los Angeles Avengers is something I could see happening. And then 40 years from now, people go, what the hell is an Avenger? Like, that's... You, you know what? With the way the, way the world is, they're probably going to say that about Pelicans, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, when they're like, all extinct. Aw. Poor climate change jokes. <laughs> <laughs> but I, don't I said I was coming prepared for this one. You really were. Um uh, <laughs> I think the Los Angeles Avengers is something that could happen. I think a synergy between the basketball team and a movie studio, because I'm sure there's going to be like five more Avengers movies just because they got to bring everybody back to life and kill them all again and bring them all back to life or whatever. Well, they do in comic books. That sounds about right. That's right. So I, I can see, I can see some sort of Avengers. If the NBA allows it, 
and I can see Bomber like cashing in on that. So all the money that he lays out for the stadium, he can get back in naming the team the Avengers. This is, and everyone's gonna love it. Win, 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 as I believe the phrase for this. There we go. We just renamed the team. You're welcome, Bomber. Damn it. I think that's something that could happen. Oh man. Um, we'll I'll take see. one of those points on the billions that we, we mentioned you yeah. have. You just move the decimal point over like a couple of places and that's still more than yeah. enough. Yeah. Like a number of places is fine. Yeah. yeah. Any, anything with a comma in the number I'm happy with. So, all right. That's the show. I want to thank everybody for listening is a fun show especially on a wednesday in the middle of july so we hope that you've been enjoying the fact that the locked on nba podcast is still daily so go ahead and subscribe to locked on nba wherever you you get your podcasts we're on apple google stitcher spotify himalaya we exist everywhere so go ahead and give us a subscription give us that five star rating wherever you can Give us a good written review. I want to thank our sponsor today, Manscaped, for uh, the number one men's below-the-belt grooming. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code LOCKEDON at manscaped.com. 20% off at manscaped.com with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's the show, Thursday show, tomorrow with David Locke. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been the Lockdown NBA Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. They're going to be named the Avengers. <laughs> I think, my, uh, Britt, did you come up with that? The Avengers? Yeah, she did. I should have said that. You should have. Uh, I I know. I'm sorry, babe. Oh, boy. Okay. So. You're in uh, <laughs>